Welcome to a Christmas special of What's Pass's podcast. My name is Robert. I'm Steve. I'm Damien. And I'm James. And uh, as it's Christmas, we're going to be talking about uh, pantomime and some of our favourite Christmas films as well. And if that's your thing and you're watching on YouTube, why not spread some Christmas joy by hitting like, comment and subscribe. And if you're listening to us on any other platform, please hit that follow button. Um, I think a really good film to start talking about, um, because I watch it almost every single year on Christmas, uh, is the first Home Alone film. Um, I just think we have to talk about that. I think that's everyone's, well, one majority of people's favourite Christmas uh, film, not episode, film. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a good film. Yeah, I agree. Very funny. (laughs) (laughs) that's it Rob that's all you get mate (laughs) say something interesting (laughs) okay something interesting (laughs) I understand that your favourite Home Alone films are number 3, 4 and (laughs) 5 absolutely not no I mean come on come on Home Alone 3 is is okay it's is is that's that's okay that's acceptable I think um no, I, I, you know, I did, no. I did like it. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. But then, then the fourth one, uh, with the house that can do the these things like door it was a, open. I don't know, remote controlled house or something. Um, oh, voice activated, you mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's when it started to go a bit, and then just stop, you know. Um, but then the fifth one, I, I mean, I only found out about the fifth one, um, like last year. So I was just wondering, why did they make it? <laughs> what what was that about? I didn't know they'd actually done a fifth one. Yeah, I think it came out. In all fairness, twenty twelve, I think. Must have gone straight to cassette then, straight to video or DVD or whatever. It is <laughs> those days. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> I think, I think so. You know what I mean? Uh, back in your day, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> That's like a callback to when you just said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you can cut that bit out, James. No, that's <laughs> days, We used to have these things called cassettes. Oh, no. That's staying. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> um. <laughs> Do you remember Betamax, Stephen? <laughs> Stephen still uses reel to reel. No, no, I don't. Yeah. I like I like how I said we should talk about the first Home Alone film. I haven't seen the first Home Alone for quite a long time, so I I can't really remember. Is the uh, is the New York one the second? Yes, one? it is. Yeah, that's lost lost in yeah New York. Home Alone three has got four out of five. Uh, no. 4.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. which means it's absolutely dreadful, <laughs> and 2.5 on Empire. <laughs> oh. Let's look at Home Run 4 and uh, 5, shall we? <laughs> Come on, it should have got better ratings than that. Home Run 4, 3.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Radio Times has given it a 1 out of 5. <laughs> now let's look at Home Run 5. <laughs> <laughs> No ratings at all on Home Alone 5. 
It's uh, 2.5 out of 10 on IMDb. That's 3.5. Oh, 3.5. <laughs> what? Yeah, should definitely uh, watch those films this Christmas because yes. uh, I haven't seen them f- since I was quite young. I can't really remember them very well. Yeah, yeah. it's been a while since I've seen them as well. I think after Home Alone 1, I think they possibly start to run out of ideas. I mean, Home Alone 2, 2 was, you know, it was fine. Um, I did yeah. like that one. Um, but then I think it started to go a bit downhill um, after that. Like, they just not so much reused the same ideas, but it was just, mm. like, in the third That's... one, it was just more or less the same thing, except with three bad people and a different kid. No. That's it. There's no more ideas that could have done to it. No. Is there any particular Christmas films that you like to watch, James? Yeah, uh, we watch The Sound of Music every year. Um, <laughs> even though it's not really a Christmas film, but we, apart from that, I don't really have like ones that we, that we watch every year or anything like that as a tradition. But um, just trying to think of Christmas films that I like now. Has anyone watched The Polar Express? I have. I've time, got though. the DVD. Oh yeah, have you? Same. <laughs> I do. I love yeah. that film as well. That's always a film that I love to watch at Christmas. And did you know that all the <clears throat> movements to that film, apparently, that well, apparently this is from what I've read online. I can't state my sources, unfortunately, though. <laughs> but apparently, Tom Hanks does all the movements for the children. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Like all the children's all movements are all <clears throat> mocapped by him. Yeah, uh, a couple of films I like, which are set at Christmas. Uh, I've got one of that, one at home on DVD. Is um, Gremlins and Gremlins Two? They're both set at Christmas. You have DVDs? I do. Yes. Wow, this old man's <laughs> getting new with technology. He's <laughs> 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 upgraded. He has to get. Uh, he has to get his grandson to show him how to use it. <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> Oh, I've thought of a Christmas film that I've watched quite recently. The uh, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. I was just going to say um, Scrooge is a common Christmas one. As well. It is. There's different versions of it as well. And the, I like the Jim Carrey <laughs> version of it, even though those people don't. That oh, I hated that one. I hated that. I saw it in the cinema. It's this weird Uncanny Valley kind of uh, CGI film. Okay. And it's... Yeah, the Uncanny Valley really puts people off. And it kind of spooks people out. But I really like it. I don't think I've seen that one. No. Oh, you should. It's quite, it's quite okay. good. Came out about ten years ago or something. Yeah. I, oh. remember, I remember going to the theatre, going to watch it. Oh! I, I remember going to the theatre, watching it. And this is <coughs> mum and her child went in to see it. And they came out just for... Uh, they came out saying, That was dreadful! I'm going to get a refund. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be that bad. Have any of you seen a stage production of it? Uh, obviously, Stephen, we know that you've been in a stage production of Christmas oh, Carol. yes. But yes. have you ever seen it on stage? Uh, no, I haven't. Have no. you, James? No, I haven't. But it always seems to be like the one... It's, it always seems to be the play that a lot of theatres do. If they're not doing a panto, it's like, oh, we'll mm. do a Christmas Carol. So it seems ah. like the RSC do it every single year. Yeah. Kind of wish that maybe theatres would come up with some more Christmas plays. Because it's always like, oh, what are the RSC doing this year? Oh, they're doing a Christmas carol <laughs> again. 
Yes, we'd have to have a bit more variation from them, wouldn't it? What play would you like them to see then, James? Yeah. Um, maybe the Snow Queen or something like that. Nice. Just something that's not Christmas Carol, basically. Anything. And there are other Christmas stories out there. Yeah, pretty much anything else. <laughs> Why not just like Christmasify <laughs> something from Shakespeare or something? Christmasify, like like a Christmas Macbeth, <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Hamlet. <laughs> Ah, dear. No, that would be an interesting idea, though. Uh, yes. Just, like, a concept that... Um, having two concepts together to make uh, one... Talking of Shakespeare, is there any Shakespeare's which are actually... Shakespeare plays which are actually set around Christmas? Don't think so. Mm, well, there's The Winter's Tale, but it's not... Ah. I don't think it's explicitly, like, wintery. I don't really know why it's, why it's called The Winter's Tale, because it's ah. not... It doesn't really have anything to do with winter, as far as I can remember. Uh, I mean, Twelfth Night as well, but again, it doesn't has nothing to do with Christmas. Mm. Since we're talking about stage shows, why don't we go on to pantos? Anybody have a, a favourite panto that they like? I like the show that I've done that I've done myself before. Yeah, um, with Anvil Productions, it was like my first. It was my first pantomime, and I was very nervous, and I did make a mess of it when I was on stage myself, but. A lot of the time, I was underneath a table, so that didn't matter much to me. Oh. <laughs> but th- this show was Cinderella. Ah. And I was puppeteer. I was, a- is it puppeteer? Yeah, puppeteer, yeah. I was a puppeteer for a little cat. Puppeteering, yeah. yeah. I-, I was basically controlling this cat and making it look alive. And I was underneath this hot table throughout the whole play, though. Well, actually, not throughout the whole play, throughout like three quarters of it. Fantastic. It's still, it's still show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeez, Stephen. Yeah, Stephen. Do I have to say panto all the time? Is oh, it yes, you do. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> but now, um, but the kids loved the little puppet. As simple as the puppet was, was someone underneath the table, that, um, they couldn't see anyone under the table. It's just a, basically a cat moving. That's all it was. The kids loved it. So at the end of each show, what I used to do is put the cat underneath the curtain and wave goodbye to the audience. <laughs> Did you guys go to Pantos as kids before you started performing in them? Oh, yeah. yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. I used to go to the ones in Venue Cymru all the time. Oh. Uh, what's uh, what's his name? The guy who's always there uh, as the kind of Buttons character. John Evans? Yeah, I think it's John oh. Evans. But yeah, he's always there, and I always used yeah. to love that character. Anyone else, I would just, like, zone out. <laughs> but with John Evans, I'm like... <gasps> yeah, I used to go to those ones with with school. Um, but my dad used to take me to the one in Theatre Colwyn each year, which is kind of a bit smaller, um, the kind of smaller scale one. And, uh, yeah, I remember, remember enjoying those uh, a lot. Are those the ones? Are those magic like productions? I think it was before they started doing it. I don't ah. know what it was back then. But yeah, I remember always just being like really, really excited to go and see a panto every Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, you know, sometimes I'd be taken to them by like family friends, or uh, I remember my aunt taking me to see The Wizard of Oz one time, or I remember seeing one in uh, Real. Pavilion once and all this kind of stuff. Just I just remember being like just incredibly excited every time. 
this kind of the magic of the theater and the and the magic of panto for me it's, it's yeah. weird for a lot of children pantomime is christmas no there's no christmas without pantomimes mm. or presents mm. basically yeah and yeah to and for us to give the kind of to for us to give a pantomime for the children i just love it i love doing it i do as well yeah so do i yeah, there's a kind of magic to it. I think I think there's no other style of theatre in which the the audience actually believe that everything that's happening is real. Like so you know, some of the kids in the audience like you are the character and the story is real and they're seeing it happen before their own eyes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's a kind of magic to that as well that you just don't get in any other form of theatre. Uh, do you have a, a favourite panto, James? Um I don't know. I think I don't know. I quite like sort of the Wizard of Oz or Peter Pan. Maybe. What was the first panto that you guys did? I've already explained mine. Um. Well, I mean, I think the first Christmas one I did was probably uh, a Christmas Carol, I suppose, when I was in school. But this is panto. Oh well, then when I did okay, first panto then was the Welsh version of Cinderella, with uh, the theatre in St Emily. It's hard. Oh yeah. Where I played a sort of a a, um, a bailiff type. Um, I was brought in because they were the minerals, and um, I was there uh, threatening to throw the ugly sisters and Cinderella and their father out of their house because they didn't have any money to pay the taxes or whatever, and so the father set the ugly sisters on me. To run around the uh, theatre with them chasing me, <laughs> and one of them rugby tackled me when I got back <laughs> on stage, and and the the person playing the piano thought I'd actually headbutted the piano, and <laughs> got that close to it. <laughs> <laughs> My first panto, although I wasn't on stage, uh, but it was Peter Pan with Anvil Productions in oh, twenty sixteen, yes. and I was sort of the stage manager that was brought yeah. in for that by. I did get to go on stage for the ghost scene because I was, I was the crocodile, um, and it was, or rather, I was holding an inflatable crocodile, and I was dressed <laughs> in, in, a, in a black, black suit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think probably scared the bejesus out of <laughs> out of a lot of kids because it was. I had this kind of hooded mask. I probably looked like a Death Eater, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just remember really enjoying that. I just loved the fact that, like, even though it was just an inflatable crocodile, that it still had the same effect on the kids in the audience as Ooh. if it was, you know, that they were still scared of it and they still reacted to it, even though it was literally just a a, a pool toy, you know. <laughs> yeah. That show, the Peter Pan, is the one where you had the infamous uh, Damien flying a drone incident. You see... It wasn't a good idea for someone who's visually drone. impaired and who doesn't have their glasses on <laughs> to pilot a drone from one side of the stage yeah. through a narrow gap yeah. into the back of the stage. Yeah. Quite a few incidents have happened with that drone. Yeah, I almost got hit by it once. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Unhead had a mark on her arm after I went uh, after the drone went straight into her. There was one instance, somehow or other, he managed to get it into a, uh, uh, I think, what, 
three, four centimetre gap in the speaker. Yeah. <laughs> I got it through a really small gap. Like, I decided I'm going to practice with this drone whilst we weren't on stage. Yeah. So I wanted to get the drone from the ground up onto the stage. And I almost done that, but then a drone veered off to the left and then went forward straight into a gap in the speakers. Yeah. That was also the occasion, or that was also the show in which uh, Angara got a finger trapped in a dressing room door partway through a performance, and had to yeah. go to hospital. And <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I've lost my finger! Awful, and we had to improvise the rest of the show without yes. her. Yeah, uh, that was a horrible moment. Yeah, it was also weird because um, we, I was in the middle of doing a scene change at that point backstage, and. Um, there was uh, the ship's wheel, the pirate ship's wheel, oh, was yeah. kind of being held in place by a stage weight, and it was dark. And I, there were a couple of people, I think Stephen was one of them, but there were a couple of people helping me with this scene change. And someone or other lifted the stage weight off, and the the ship's wheel went, made this, came down with this almighty crash on the yeah. stage, which obviously the audience heard as well. Um, but it was completely dark, so I didn't really see what happened. So I kind of sorted it out, and then I I went, I finished what I was doing, and I went off stage into the green room, and someone came up to me and was like, looked quite shaken, and and was like, she's really hurt her finger, and I was like, I assumed they meant the person that had just had the ship's wheel drop, but no, I looked around and it was, Ang Harrod was sat there with just like blood coming out of her <laughs> finger wrapped in tissue, yeah, just like tip of her sobbing and. Uh, yeah, that was really bad. I think she's still got the scar. Oh, she's still got the scar, and <laughs> she can't use that finger for logging into her phone. Like, oh. it doesn't recognise her finger as a finger. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those, like, legendary, just disastrous performances. It was just like everything went wrong. <laughs> Seriously, that whole panto, that whole panto, like, everyone's heard of the um, name of the panto gone wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> For example, Peter Pan gone wrong. Yeah. yeah. It felt like that, but it wasn't funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I think by the end of wrong. the run it was pretty it was pretty good yeah, by the end of yeah. the run, I think. But there were there were a few kind of disasters in there that were just yeah. really <laughs> yeah. But I stuck around, I stayed in the company, which was uh, in hindsight was just uh maybe a disaster waiting uh, to happen. A really dis- disastrous decision but <laughs> but then the first one I was in proper was at Easter which was Robin Hood and then the first Christmas one I did proper was Wizard of Oz which I played the Tin Man Do you have a favourite panto Rob? No I wouldn't say I've got a favourite panto I mean I I like many pantos um, I do like Peter Pan and Wizard of Oz and um, Aladdin I'd say yeah. those are the three that like really come to mind for me first. Um, yeah. But no, I wouldn't really say I've got a favourite ones. I enjoy them all for what they are, really. They're just a bit of fun, you know? So mm. Yeah. Do you remember the thing about the, the copyright with Peter Pan, that the, the phrasing, there was a certain phrase that had to be said a certain way for copyright reasons. Do you remember that? I don't recall no, I don't. it now. What was that, James? It was the one about um, the third star on the left and straight on till morning or something like that. Oh, right. 
Do you remember that? It had to be, it it was something like for copyright reasons, it had to be said in a certain way. The phrasing had to be just right. And then again in uh, Wizard of Oz as well, also copyright, um, for copyright reasons, it was, there were certain things we had to change about the script. So the, the the slippers had to be, Silver rather than ruby red, like oh, the yeah. film, because yeah. the film's still in copyright, but the book isn't. Uh, things like that. But obviously, the the great thing about Panto is that you can make a joke about that, you know, because otherwise it'll be a bit weird because it's like not what people are expecting. But I think in that script there was something along the lines of, "Oh, I'm wearing silver shoes," and then someone says, "Shouldn't they be ruby red?" And Dorothy goes. No, no, that's the uh, that's the film we're in the book or something like that. <laughs> so you can kind of make a joke out of it, uh, which is one of the things I like about Panto. We've always kind of had meta jokes in Pantos. Yeah. Pantos, you can easily add any kind of meta joke, and it'll oh, be yeah. funny. For example, with a with Aladdin, we didn't have any. Uh, we made a joke that we didn't have the funds, didn't we? Do you want to explain oh, yeah. that, James? Yes, there was the joke that this was Damien's idea from. When we wrote Cinderella, um, which is the one that's coming out this December, um, will probably be out in a few days, hopefully. And um, so it was written in that script, and then we used it, basically the same joke again in Aladdin, uh, which is that you know you don't have the money to do the the big special effect, so you so in Cinderella it's uh, the the magic pumpkin turning into a carriage, and then in Aladdin it's um, the magic, carpet, fly, magic right? flying carpet. So I, I put in this joke about the the magic carpet. They buy the magic carpet. They do the spell. They get the audience to join in, reciting this spell to make the carpet fly, uh, and it doesn't work. So they say, "Oh, uh, f- this. Let's get an Uber." Uh, they don't say it like that. They say it more <laughs> uh, PG, but um, um, so it's quite nice. And also, um, I was in a charity shop at some point in this probably in the summer or something and i found this little carpet that was probably only about two foot long <laughs> and i just bought it on an impulse because i thought it'd be funny to rather than have a full-size carpet to just have a tiny little two foot long carpet that there was no way you could fit two people on and just have it not mentioned at all the fact that they wouldn't be able to <laughs> even theoretically both use this carpet even if it did fly um, which I thought was funny. But <laughs> I think you might have been the only one, James. Probably everyone else just thought, why have they got such a small carpet? <laughs> but yeah, the meta, the better. That's what I say. Um, do you have any? Do you guys have any favourite moments from Pantos that you've done? All right, my one isn't to do with me at all. It was to do... Um, do you guys remember Pinocchio? Yes. I know Rob won't, but... Yes. Um, which part? A Million Dreams. Oh, yes. The audience carried on singing. Yes, they did, All yes. of the audience was singing, and it sounded beautiful. It did. It was a, it was a, it was a class from one of the schools. Mm. I just can't describe how nice that sounded. It was. It was great. It was really nice. But yeah, I, I remember that moment. That was, that was really nice. I was stood on the side of the stage, um, sort of waiting yeah. to go on for the next scene, and I was... It was the first show, actually. It was a school show, and... Yeah. Um, I think we'd stayed up very late the previous night, either either rehearsing or getting things ready or watching a film. I can't remember, but we, um, we I think we were all very, ready. very tired and had had about four hours sleep. And I remember just kind of 
crying. <laughs> and I couldn't tell whether it was because it was really beautiful moments or whether I was just really sleep deprived, but or, or both. It, no, uh, we were we were trying to get things ready, James, at first, and then we watched Love Actually afterwards or something like that, didn't we? There you go, another Christmas film, peeps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, back to Christmas films. <laughs> Yeah, I was on stage at the time when that happened. I was playing uh, Geppetto. And yeah, so I, I was pretending to make a toy car out of wood. I just stopped for a second, just lifted my head up and went, Huh? Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> it was really good, really nice. This kind of angelic choir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone else have any favourite pencil moments? Do you have a favourite moment, Steve? Um, I mean, I I enjoy going out and speaking to people in the audience, and and just getting <laughs> random replies from them. That's that's always fun. Well, being in character after yeah. the council close and greeting uh, well, the audience. Well, no, I mean during the panto. Oh, during the panto. Yeah, the audience participation. Yeah, I I do enjoy that as well. Just the the participation. Um. I think the ghost scene's always fun as well because yeah. you can just you feel really powerful just hyping up an audience like that. Yeah, and um, that's great. I I did enjoy also in Pinocchio doing Mister Bombastic, really <laughs> with Stephen Drester's um, Stromboli. That was a legendary yeah. moment. We'll put a picture of, uh, of that <laughs> character on on screen now. Um, nice. So that was really fun. <laughs> Um, also remember also in that show though, Stephen was playing a policeman yes because Stephen always plays policeman and uh, there was one bit where he kind of did this comical bit where he ran onto stage kind of ran around in a circle and uh, stopped in time with the music and kind of looked up at me and (laughs) I just just remember trying really hard not to laugh because I just found it really funny for some some reason Um, yeah (laughs) um <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some lovely, there's some lovely moments in those shows. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some of the songs that I've written as well, I kind of really enjoy hearing them sung or performing them myself. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I love Panto. Yeah, it's great fun. I love some of the technical stuff as well, like uh, when we got those lights synchronized in <laughs> in Aladdin. We spent about two hours trying to get this these lighting keys synced up to the music, and and when it worked, it was like ah, oh, beautiful. Yeah. But it's always worth the time that you put in to see the the end result. I hope we can do that for future Absolutely. pantos, really. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope we can do it for future pantos. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Be really useful. It would be. Did you see Aladdin, Rob? Uh, no, no, I didn't. Unfortunately, I missed it. Um, because um, me and Tom, we were planning to come and see it. Um, but the night's that I wasn't working, we said, right, okay, we'd go then. But I'm not too sure, actually, but I think you did advertise that you were going to perform on this night that we chose to come and see it, but then for some reason you didn't, or we got the dates wrong or something. I think maybe you got the dates wrong. I don't know. I I thought we didn't have to cancel any shows. Yeah, we didn't cancel. It must have been some kind of cross-wires. I think so, Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Rob. Since you didn't get to see Aladdin, shall we uh, read an excerpt from it, chaps? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And also a nice link, well done. <laughs> I know, that's why I did it. 
I pay attention, you see. <laughs> oh, you didn't do it for my benefit, then. You look for the right times to do the perfect segues. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's do a little scene from, from Aladdin. Um, this is this, the first script, apart from the Cinderella one, this is the first one that I wrote, the first full-length one um, that I wrote, and I really enjoyed writing it. And I've since written Dick Whittington, uh, which we weren't able to do this Christmas for obvious reasons, but um, hopefully next year, fingers crossed. And um, this scene was, I think, was always quite fun to perform. I was playing Widow Twanky. Stephen was playing the Emperor. Yes. And in this little reading, Robert's going to be playing Aladdin, originally played by Callum Parker. And Damien is going to be playing Wishy Washy, originally played by Angharad McCann. So, uh, yeah. And also the in the original version, there's a song slap bang in the middle of this scene. But... Uh, we're just going to skip that because it's quite long. Mum? Yes? You know the Emperor? I think I've heard of him, yes. Why do you think he comes here every week? Well, to get his laundry done, of course. <laughs> what sort of silly question is that? Well... It's not like he needs to come here to get his laundry done. I think it's because he has a crush on you. I don't know what you mean, dear. You fancy him too, don't you? Aladdin, dear. I loved your father very much, and nothing will ever change that. But it doesn't mean I want to be alone forever. But you're not alone. You've got me and Wishy. It's not quite the same, dear. I am Emperor Fuyan of the Ming Dynasty. Minga Dynasty, more like. Hmm? I've come all the way from the Imperial Palace to see you. Uh, I mean, uh, <coughs> to collect my washing. <laughs> I trust my favourite Doctor Who t-shirt is as snazzy as the day I bought it. <laughs> oh, Mr Emperor, I'll be a takeaway any day. Hmm? What was that, Mrs. Twanky? Oh, oh n- nothing, Your Loveliness. Wishy Washy will go and fetch your clothes for you now. <laughs> I must say, Mrs. Twanky, you're looking particularly radiant this evening. Oh, oh, thank you, Your Worshipfulness. Oh, you don't look too bad yourself. <laughs> Oh, by the way, uh, there's a, a freshly baked homemade pie with your name on it, if your fabulousness would care to stay for a while. Oh, what flavour of pie is it, may I ask? Oh, <laughs> it's my speciality, your superlativeness. It's custard and beetroot. <laughs> I could cut you a slice. Uh, oh, well, uh, that sounds lovely, but, um, uh, ah, good man, good man. <laughs> I, I really must get going, I'm afraid. Oh, are you <laughs> sure you won't have just a little slither? Well... Oh, go on, just a little tiny insignificant Susan is just dying to meet that little tum-tum of yours. <laughs> I'm afraid I really must get going, but perhaps I could come round another time. For a slice of pie, I mean. <laughs> oh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> it's a date. Well, 
So long. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Emperor Fuyum, won't you have a little slice of pie? He's just dying to meet that little tum-tum. <laughs> oh, do be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so for this special Christmas quiz, uh, Stephen is going to be reading the questions. Take it away, Stephen. In the pantomime Jack and the Beanstalk, Jack receives beans in exchange for what? Question two. Uh, In traditional pantomime, who is the sweetheart of Harlequin? Question three. Fee-fi-fo-fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman, is a classic line from which pantomime? Question four, which is the most popular pantomime? Currently, or...? It just says which is the most popular pantomime. Do you want options? Yeah, yes, please. Okay. Okay, so is it Sleeping Beauty? Is it Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Is it Cinderella? Or is it Aladdin? And finally, question five. In which year was the first pantomime produced in Britain? Can we have a point for the who guesses the closest? Yes, you may. That's yeah, what I was sure. going to say. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. Yes, you yeah. May. Yeah, I think with the most popular panto, I think I read in my uh, panto book that uh, it's changed from one of those options to the others in recent years. So I'll be interested to see which one it is. But I can't remember which way around it. (laughs) I remember the two pantos, but I can't remember which way around it was. Okay. Are we ready for the answers? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the first one, in the pantomime Jack and the Beanstalk, Jack receives beans in exchange for what? It's uh, in exchange for his mother's cow. Question two was, in traditional pantomime, who is the sweetheart of Harlequin? It is, of course, Columbina. Or as it's written on here, Columbine. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I didn't. I couldn't think of the answer, so yeah. I gave. I didn't write the answer down or anything. So I looked it up on Google. Columbine. Yeah. Yeah, I think they changed. I think we changed it because Columbine is the name of a an infamous uh, mass shooting in America. So oh, I think right. we changed it to Columbina. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Question three was. Fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman. There's a classic line from which band's mine? The answer, Jack and the Beanstalk. As you probably already knew. That's pretty easy. Question four. Which is the most popular pantomime? <clears throat> the answer that I've got down here is Cinderella. Yeah. I think it used to be Aladdin and since then it's become Cinderella. Ah, oh, right. well, that's it. I've got, I've got Aladdin on here. So, <laughs> what, since, since I got it right... Technically, <laughs> do I get a point? <laughs> uh, yeah, but he said which is not which was. You can have half a point. Yeah, I'll accept that. <laughs> Even though that means nothing. <laughs> half a point as well. And the final one: In which year was the first pantomime <laughs> produced in Britain? What have we got, James? Eighteen forty. Rob. Um, <clears throat> eighteen fifty-five. And Damien. 1880. Well, James is the closest, because it is um, 1717. Oh, wow. Yeah. That long ago. Hmm. Cool. 
Well, in that case, I got five out of five. Ah. Well done, you. Lucky for Sam. (laughs) What did you guys get? I got got exactly half of what you got. (laughs) (laughs) And I got one and a half. (laughs) Okay, since you played Harley Quinn in our version of Aladdin, uh, not Aladdin, um, what was it again? (laughs) Pinocchio, that's it, uh, James. See if you can get the answer to this one. Which wooden bat, originally used as a prop by the character Harley Quinn, came to give its name for a type of comedy used in pantomime? You know? Slapstick. It is a slapstick, yes. So, once again, we are coming up to the end of this episode. Um, Hope you guys have enjoyed this Christmas special. And uh, you know what to do. If you have, uh, just like the video, subscribe to the channel... And comment down below telling us what you think. And if you are watching on any other platform, then remember to hit that follow button. This podcast is now available on most streaming platforms, including Bandcamp, iTunes Podcast, and Spotify. Please check out the links in the description for our other channels and websites. And on that note, Merry Christmas one and all, and bye for now. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. And to play us out, here's Widow Twanky's song from that scene we just performed in Aladdin. And it's called That's All You Need. Hope you enjoy. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. I was a young and timid lady I wasn't that much older than yourself I'd never been struck by Cupid's arrow I'd never ventured off the shelf when one day a young man walks through the door Well, I'd never met anyone like him before We talked all day and found we had a real rapport Well, it only goes to show you life can change so quickly We fell in love and when the time was right We stayed out late one moonlit night and your father asked if I would be his wife We scraped together what we could and built this shop And we were happy even though the times were tough And when we found there was a baby on the way He'd tell me not to worry then he'd say Oh you don't need money to live like a king To show your life can change so quickly He left us just as quickly as he'd come And when the cloud cleared there were three still standing My two sweet children who would need their mum At first I was shocked and then I was angry Why did it have to happen quite this way? 
I'd hear his voice and he'd say, Mrs. Twanky, remember what I always used to say. As years go by, the wounds they start to heal, and grief ain't the only thing you feel. You never know who might just appear when you least expect. One day a man came in in a flash tuxedo. It turned out that he was incognito. He said, I'll have a slice of chocolate gatto. I said, why don't you stay for a while? Well, I know people talk and I know what they'll say. They'll say I'm ugly and I'm overweight. I just want his money and he should stay away Well that's all I need But this is what 